So we uh, have got a trivia question right off the bat. We're starting things off hot. We're not not doing any sort of preamble. We want to get you guys. It's Friday morning. It's eight o'clock. I know that's the only time anyone's going to be listening to this because we told you guys that it was dropping a Friday morning at eight o'clock. We teased it last week. We teased it. So if you're prepared and you, you woke up Friday morning, you set your alarm, you want to know the trivia question. Here it is. There are 18 football players that have played for the chiefs in the, in the franchise history that have shared a first name with a core cast member of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Those five members are, of course, Charlie, D, Dennis, Frank, and Mac. So there are 18 players that have that exact first name. We're not talking about Chucks or Charles or, or Frankies or anything. We're talking their exact names, Charlie, D, Dennis, Frank, Mac. Those 18 players, one of them has won the most number of games as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. All you have to do is DM me at Taylor underscore wit or Austin at Real Bird Lawyer with the name of the player that shares the first name with a Sunny member who has won the most games in a Chiefs uniform, and you will win a fantastic printed out choreo for the artist chief. Uh, really, really nice print that he did. So he graciously allowed our pod to give that away as a trivia uh, prize. So thanks, Corey. And go ahead, pause the pause the show now. Go figure it out. Go look it up. Do whatever you got to do. And then DM us. Good luck. Welcome in, everybody, to It's Always Sunny in Chief's Kingdom. I'm Austin. I'm Taylor. And I hope you got that trivia question figured out. If the trivia question was too hard, blame Taylor. He came up with it. He's good with the trivias. You know, I don't know. <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that question? Oh, I was just kind of screwing around. And uh, not, not too long, but it'll probably take longer to figure it out because I was just kind of heading down a rabbit hole. And that's where the rabbit hole led me. So if we don't get any responses or if we get a bunch of wrong responses or something like that and no one gets it right, we will roll this up into next week and try, you know, we'll tweet about the next way we'll give it away. I'm assuming someone's going to be able to get it. That's Somebody kinda, will figure it out. Somebody, Somebody will figure, will figure it, out. it out. Well, yeah. we got to give our listeners some credit here. Exactly. So Taylor, not a whole lot going on in the old Chiefs kingdom this week or even in the football world at large. Doesn't seem like nobody really got arrested recently. Um, there's, there's no football being played right now, but we do have, we do have a, a good episode lined up for you. We're going to continue our recap of the 2019 championship season with Chiefs at Chargers in Mexico City. Monday, November 18th. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to be our first opportunity to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers so far in the life of our podcast. So we'll probably get some digs in. We're going to recap the game. We're also going to talk about what jabronis the Chargers have been recently on their social media. We'll kind of just, you know, we'll have some fun at the expense of the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers. We have a couple of reader questions to get into from our guys, Andrew Whiteside and Zach, uh, the layman's terms. So we got a couple of reader questions that they snuck in there. They just couldn't wait for the next mailbag. Mm. The people are hungry for 
our knowledge or whatever, our opinions. So we'll get into that. And then there's been a lot of talk lately, Taylor, about that, that other sport, basketball. And yeah. so we're going to draft because we, we can't, we got to keep the draft train rolling. We're going to draft our five on five basketball team from the chief's current roster. So we'll do that at the end. That's going to be fun. And obviously a lot of people are talking about basketball because of the last dance. It has now concluded with its 10 episode run about Michael Jordan and the bulls. There's kind of some drama going on with that, with, uh, you know, how much creative control Michael Jordan had over the docuseries and how much was maybe left out of some of the stories. I know Horace Grant was extremely upset with Michael Jordan over a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, because he's um, Horace Grant and Michael Jordan beat his ass. Yeah, because he's Horace Grant. But I mean, you know, if you hear it from his point of view, there is definitely some uh, some kind of screwiness that happened in the documentary that he didn't agree with, but you know, that's neither here nor there. We are going to twist the news of Michael Jordan and the Bulls and roll it on into the Chiefs and basketball because that's what we do here on It's Always Sunny and Chiefs Game. Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this is a very special game because as we discussed last week, Taylor, we don't have to recap any more losses. Nope. For the this rest is of the, the year. first day of the rest of our lives of the offseason. The Chiefs came into this game seven and four, and they did not lose again. Unbelievable. So this game was played in Mexico City. This was kind of a makeup game for last year's 2018's fiasco, where Estadio Azteca didn't have a field ready because of Shakira. Thanks a lot. And somehow she parlayed that into the halftime show at the Super Bowl. So good for her. He actually parlayed that into a lifelong fan of one Taylor Witt. I had uh, never really been that much into Shakira. And after the Super Bowl halftime show, I've been extremely into Shakira. So Okay. All right. Her music, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. So the Chiefs traveled to Mexico City. This was a Monday night game. They were playing the Chargers. Now, this was a game where obviously the Chiefs are coming off just ugh, an atrocious ugh. loss. I don't I don't want to get into that. But we talked about it all last week. You can go back and listen to last week's pod if you really want to hear us break down the loss of the Titans. Chiefs were coming off a pretty nasty loss. And obviously that put them in a position where they were just a couple of games above 500 not facing any really serious threats from the other teams in the division, because let's face it, the AFC West is ours to rule and clown show to rule it a total clown show. But then you had obviously Pat, uh, that was his first game off of injury. So this was now two weeks removed and the chiefs were playing in a stadium. That's not exactly known for being an exceptionally high quality field. They're playing at, what is it, 8,000 feet Mexico City in elevation? <laughs> yeah. Just an unbelievable atmosphere, much higher than even Mile High is. And so there were just were a lot of questions about, you know, this, this game coming in, we knew it had a lot of potential to just be a, a weird, funky game. And it was that. It was. And, you know, part of this is that, um, at least from the Chargers' defensive standpoint, they have played Pat Mahomes decently well outside of his first ever game where he torched them for 38 points and showed everybody what he was all about. But after that, um, you know, they've held him to 243 yards in that um, Thursday night football loss and then 182 yards in this game. And later on in the year, they would hold him to 174 yards passing. So, I mean, they really have, um, I wouldn't say figured him out, but they have the defensive talent to give that Chiefs offense some struggles. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that obviously jumped out very early on in this game is Tyreek Hill came up lame, yeah. came off the field, 
didn't come back in. And obviously you hate to see that. That's literally why the game in 2018 wasn't played was concerns about the field. And then you see him kind of pull something. You worry that, you know, obviously with a, you know, that whenever you see a a player pull up like that, you don't know if it could be a hamstring, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a non-contact injury, you know, thankfully there wasn't, you know, they didn't bring the card out or anything like that. You didn't think it was going to be like an Achilles or anything like that, but even a hamstring injury, a hamstring injury in November, that can linger for quite a long time. Well, on if, a speed uh, guy. I mean, exactly. On a guy who's blazing down the field, roasting people all the time. Mm-hmm. So that certainly was a concern. And I don't know if, you know, if that was maybe had something to do with the chiefs having a little bit of a slow start offensively to your point, I wanted to, to bring up, you mentioned, the Chargers playing the Chiefs, or excuse me, Mahomes specifically, pretty effectively. You know, uh, not counting the Denver game, three of his four lowest yardage totals in his mm-hmm. career have all come against the Chargers. The Denver injury game. Yeah, yeah, the Denver injury game where where he obviously he only played a quarter and a half, and in fact, uh, four of his bottom seven yardage totals have come against the Chargers. So his his high against the Chargers in yardage is only 256 yards. So they have played him pretty well. Now the Chiefs have put up 31, 24, 28, and 38 points in those sure. games. So it's not like he's getting shut out. It's not like that funky, horrible Colts game that we vowed <laughs> never to speak of again where we only scored 13 points. He still was putting up points on the board. But the Chiefs did have some trouble moving the ball in this game and really throughout the game. And, in fact, ended up getting outgained by the Chargers in this game by kind of a lot. It was actually 438 total yards for the Chargers and only 310 total yards for the Chiefs. So just kind of a weird, like I said, just kind of a weird game. You know, I would not be me if I didn't mention that this box score is is eerily familiar to me. It's uh, the Chiefs getting outgained by the Chargers by a pretty healthy chunk. Uh, the penalty yards go way in, you know, the Chiefs had 102 yards penalties. The Chargers only had 60. The the time of possession was in favor of the Chargers. The, you know, there was a lot other than the turnover battle where the Chargers threw four interceptions and the Chiefs only threw, now Pat did have an early interception, but he only threw the one. And uh, this, of course, I'm talking about my favorite game of all time, the 1986 Chiefs <laughs> versus Chargers, which I actually is, wasn't sure where you were this going This is with my that. John Elway. So you bring up John Elway every single podcast, every time you possibly can. I bring up the 1986 week six Chiefs versus Chargers. I bring this up as much as I possibly can. It's my, it's my, uh, what do you call something that you're searching for that you can't ever find? Like a, Your white whale? A white whale. That's what I was going for. Thank you, Moby Dick. It's my white whale. It is, uh, I need to see this game. If anyone out there, I've asked this before, if anyone has any footage of this game, tweet me. I'll shout you out on the show. Love you forever. Yes, it uh, certainly is something that we have longed to see, but we saw a modern day retelling of it in Mexico City, uh, where the Chiefs did get outgained. They did lose the penalty battle. They lost the time of possession battle, but those turnovers and this was a funky game because like I said, the, the, you mentioned the interceptions that Philip Rivers threw four, yeah. Pat threw one. There also were four fumbles in this game. Yeah. None, none lost. of which <laughs> yeah. were lost. Yeah. The uh, chief's fumble was by LaShawn McCoy, like at the goal line. Mm-hmm. He, he basically fumbled it. He basically just lost the ball, but it, it came right back to him just sort of magically. He just, his gravitational pull, he pulled it right back in and the Chiefs did end up scoring, but 
man, this was sort of the beginning of the end for, for, for Shady. Yeah, exactly. He also might have fumbled away his playing time there. I mean, it was absolutely, it had been a couple games where he had lost big fumbles in the last few weeks. And there was another goal line fumble on a Monday night game against a division rival. You just, you know, I think it was that point where Andy was like, all right, Shady, I love you, man. You're my guy. But like, you know, it was Damien was still kind of banged up. He only had four attempts for seven yards in this game, but uh, Daryl was decently effective. 11 attempts for 35 yards. The team's leading rusher was actually Pat who had shown no rust from the one week where he didn't have a single rush attempt in the only time of his NFL career, the previous week against Tennessee this week, he rushes five times for 59 yards, including a 24 yarder, um, he, you know, was showing everybody why, look, I might have only thrown for 182 yards, but I'm still the most dangerous guy on the field. And it's just, he's so impressive because even when things aren't working, even when Tyreek Hill gets knocked out, even when Damian Williams is banged up and LaShawn McCoy is fumbling the ball and, you know, Daryl Williams is his leading rusher. And he, he just still goes against a extremely good defense on primetime in a division game and still puts up 24 points and beats him. He just – nothing phases the guy. This was actually the highest rushing total of his NFL career, 59 yards, five attempts for 59 yards. He did have – I mean, it almost – that aspect of it, in a sense, was almost a preview of what he would do in the postseason mm-hmm. because he tore teams up on the ground in the playoffs. Now, happily, he also mm-hmm. torched teams through the air in the playoffs. Right. He just kind of was torching people left and right. But it was nice to see after, like you mentioned, the only NFL game of his career where he did not have a rushing attempt. It was great to see him busting his ass down the sideline on this, you know, painted sand field at 8,000 feet, you know, less than a month after he dislocated his kneecap, right? Like, yeah, it was it was superhuman, right? Like the, the passing performance, nothing to write home about 19 of 32 for 182 yards, a touchdown and an interception, but five rushing attempts for 59 yards and just picking up crucial first downs, uh, really extended some drives with his legs, took what the defense gave him. That was a really encouraging sign for sure. Yeah. And like you said, it showed itself up later. I mean, he had two 53 yard rushing performances in the playoffs and the, against Houston and Tennessee in back-to-back weeks that absolutely, you know, and especially the Tennessee game, um, you know, the Chargers game, he looked good running the football, but in those two games, he looked unstoppable running the football. He was, you know, in the playoffs when you could, you had to kind of drop eight guys back just because of how good he was with his arm. You had to play a soft zone and then he just takes every single time you do that, he takes the first down and just laughs. And sometimes like against Tennessee, he takes the touchdown. So, I mean, He just, it's so fun when you have a guy that is Peyton Manning with his arm and Lamar Jackson light with his legs. And obviously he's not Lamar, (laughs) but like when you can run and throw, it's just, he's, he's unstoppable. And he's also the chief's quarterback. It's it's, yeah. You mentioned the, the zone coverages. I know something they talked about in the Tennessee game was when Tennessee was playing man, you know, when you're in man coverage, your back is to the quarterback and they don't, they can't see him. A DB can't see him take off and run. And obviously, you know, when they're in man coverage and you're, you're manned up on Tyreek, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have time to look around to see if Pat is breaking out of the pocket and scrambling for the first down, right? Like you got the chiefs are hoping you look around because then Tyreek's yeah, going to get right, right behind you. That's exactly right. So uh, we've seen Pat obviously get out of the pocket and then stay behind the line of scrimmage, obviously like in the Houston game, he just has such a good sense of when to run and, 
that's something that really this is something that I'll be writing about um, coming up next week for Sports Illustrated. It's just kind of how he has progressed as a player and evolved as a player and how he chooses to run. I like I go back to I think it was the very first week of the preseason this year where he went for the first down, right? Like yeah. on the goal line and got yeah. like smoked. <laughs> and it was like, Pat, like, what are you doing? Bro? What are you doing? It's the preseason, but he really has gotten so much smarter as a runner. And it's almost like, you know what I mean? Really the, uh, the injury almost, you know, kind of, it almost hit home for him. It seems like, like, Hey, you know, I, I, yeah, like yeah. I, I need to be smart about this, but the yards are going to be there. Like this is something that I can take advantage of and I can really use. And, you know, it's funny you you mentioned Lamar because obviously like there's that funny mic'd up from the Denver game where yeah. he jukes that guy on the two-point conversion. He's like, did I look like Lamar? Did I look like Lamar? Like I think he – I think he enjoys beating people with his legs too, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I think it's something where he's going to take whatever tools he has in his tool belt to beat you. And if that means he has to run and take off and run for a first down, so be it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's just a gamer. He just does whatever it takes. And he, uh, I do seem to, I think I remember a conversation early on in 2018 about him sliding specifically about how to slide and, and taking safe slides yeah, how, and how you know, bad like, he was at it. Yeah, exactly. He was a baseball player, yes, which is yes. hilarious. And, and it was, uh, I think someone on the team called him the worst slider they've ever seen. Or, yeah. Point being he's grown so much in the two years since the day he came onto the scene against these chargers as the starting quarterback of the chiefs. And yeah, he threw four touchdowns and 250 yards and got a win on the road against a divisional opponent and blah, blah, blah. But his maturity as a quarterback has just continued throughout his MVP season and then his injury plague season and then the Super Bowl. He his ascent is is unstoppable. And it's just, you know, we as Chiefs fans talk and think Pat Mahomes every day. And sometimes it's kind of hard to see the forest for the trees and to kind of see the big picture of what's going on with Pat because we just think about him as a day-to-day progress. But if I was a non chiefs fan an NFL fan of another team. And I didn't necessarily spend every day thinking about Pat Mahomes as I do currently. Uh, it would be almost a shock to the system to see him, you know, check in with him every month or six months or whatever, and just be like, Oh my God, this kid is on historic ascent. I, I'm just giddy thinking about him. Yeah. Different plane. He just, he, he gets so much better every time we see him like he's he's at the he learns at such a fast rate and he yeah. improves at such a fast rate like you can see it in real time it's crazy um let's talk about philip rivers because this is the yes. last not not the last time we do get to see him again in week 17 mm-hmm. but one of the last two times that the chiefs are going to get to see philip rivers in a chargers uniform unless something <laughs> very strange happens <laughs> yeah, he's not going back. Becomes, he's not going back there. I, I think that ship. That's has, Philip Rivers' music. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think that ship has sailed. The Chargers' all-time leading passer. Um, he threw four picks in this game. Mm-hmm. This was vintage Philip mm-hmm. Rivers. The Chargers were moving the ball. I mean, obviously, we talked about the total yardage. The Chargers moved the ball up and down the Chiefs, especially in the first half. But but even at times in the second half, where they were just. Austin Eckler was tearing us up. Yeah. I, I mean, eight catches for 108 yards and 24 more yards rushing. He was, he was ridiculous. Disgusting. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon had a, a pretty productive game. When you look at the box score, it kind of almost undersells. Mm-hmm. And they had he had 14 rushing attempts for 69 nice. yards, and Austin Eckler had five rushes for 24 yards. I mean, the Chiefs were getting cut up on the ground, but the Chargers they they ran the ball 19 times. They threw the ball 52 times in this game. Jeez. And Philip Rivers gave it away four times, including just some. I mean. Some of the worst, ugliest interceptions you'll ever see. <laughs> you I mean, mean like he, to Derek Naughty? <laughs> yes, and and there was one to Honey Badger that should have been a pick that was probably the easiest interception oh, he had all year. Man. And it was just a duck. I right mean, in the bread like, basket. It looked like an arm punt, basically, yeah. and Badger dropped it. Yeah, he was thinking about what his touchdown celebration was. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was thinking about what it was going to look like, housing it, taking it the other way. Uh, fortunately, he did get his, as did Derek Nottie, Rashad Fenton, and Daniel Sorensen. And we've been talking about, partly because we've been, you know, we had to draft non-Pat plays, and mm-hmm. we had to talk about, you know, <laughs> games from the schedule that didn't involve Patrick Mahomes, where he wasn't on the field. We've been talking about the defense a lot lately, but this game came down to a defensive stand and a Dirty Dan Sorensen interception at the goal line, taking it away one last time, one one last time uh, to win the game. Yeah, not only did it come down to that, but it also only got there because of the defense. I mean, those you know those four picks were crucial on a night that the offense was sputtering. And sure, the offense ended up putting up 24 points, which is pretty decent. But they got shorter field position, and they you know they obviously it could have been 48 to 24 if a competent offense was on the other side of the ball instead of Phil Rivers just giving the ball away and. Dan Sorensen, you know, they, they drove down to the goal line. They were ready to, and I have no doubt in my mind, as no one else would disagree, that if the Chargers score there to go down one, they would not kick the extra point. They would do what they did in Arrowhead and go for two. Sure. I mean, I think that's – and, you know, we can see Nightmare 2.0 of nobody covering a receiver over in the corner and the Chargers sneaking away a win in Mexico City that they had no right to win. So it just – you know, it was a huge play. It was a huge uh, Dan Sorensen moment in a season where he ended up having a couple of those. And yeah. uh, the the defense, once again, after everything kind of fell apart the week before against Tennessee, they were kind of like, all right, we know the Chargers are good. We know they got some good players, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon and all them, and we're going to hold them to 17 points and uh, start the start the run. And boy, did they start it. There were some plays on that final drive. There was specifically, there was a play with 52 seconds left at the Chargers 25. It's third and 15. And he lofts just a total duck to Mike Williams, but it ends up, I mean, it, it looked extremely ugly, but he ends up placing it in the perfect spot for Mike Williams, who's able to kind of come down with it uh, in between Fenton and another defender. And mm-hmm. that really put them within striking distance. I mean, it took them from their 25 to the Kansas city 25 oh, and the yeah. game ends second and 10 at the Kansas city 14 with 24 seconds left and Phillip rivers going for the end zone and getting picked off to seal the first of two wins by the chiefs over the chargers. Before we put a pin in this and move on, we, we got to spend a little bit of time talking about the chargers because this is our, <laughs> You know, they're kind of the forgotten team in the AFC West. Yeah. Nobody really cares about the Chargers. Emotionally, they are, for sure. For sure they are. And in terms of their fan base and everything else, you know, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about the Raiders. You know, we've roasted Derek Carr. 
We talk about John Gruden and all the funny shit that he does. <laughs> we talk about the Broncos, obviously, a lot, partly because of where I live and partly because they're just – they're the most fun rival because they think that they're good. Like, they, they just have such an inflated sense of self-importance. Yep. The Chargers are just kind of – you know, they're just kind of there, right? Like, yep. this, this game – was our ninth win in 10 tries against the Chargers. <laughs> and the Chargers official Twitter account, for those of you that might have missed it, this was like probably the biggest, <laughs> this is like the biggest Chiefs news of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, that tells you kind of where we're at in the schedule right now in terms of how the offseason is progressing. But the Chargers official Twitter account on, uh, I guess this was on Monday, decided that they were going to post a picture of Mike Williams catching the game-winning two-point conversion in a game from December of 2018, yeah. which you already alluded to, where the Chargers scored a touchdown in the final seconds of the game and decided to go for a two-point conversion down one, which they converted. Obviously, Mike Williams was super open. They won for the first time, and I think we had beaten them 10 straight at that point. Yep. And the Chargers' official Twitter account decided to post this and say basically like, what's the first thing that you think of? And then they replied to it and they're like, we'll go first. And they, they retweeted their hype video, Mm -hmm. which basically like, it's like a 45 second clip. And like the first 40 seconds of it are like headlines about the chiefs beating the chargers. Yeah. It's like chargers lose again. Chargers. (laughs) Will it ever stop? Yeah. Will will the chargers ever be able to beat the chiefs? Yeah. And then at the end, it's got that, that video clip. I think it's from like bin Laden, whatever it is, where he goes, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. We got him. It's like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Congrats on your one win in your 13 tries against us. What are we even doing? On your congrats on your twelve wins that year, but your five seed and no playoff win. Oof. Like you know, congrats on everything, guys. Congrats on on moving cities and not having any fans in either city, and just congrats on everything. You know what's funny about that is the Chargers actually did win a playoff game that year. They beat Lamar Jackson and oh, the Ravens. Oh, they lost you, to the Pats. You That's forgot right. about this because it was yes. such an it was such an unmemorable stupid game. It was. And they I kind of literally played a weird defense against him like 6 DBs, I yes, think, right? Yes. Yeah. And then they played the same defense against yeah. Tom Brady. Everybody was like, "Whoa, the Chargers yeah. are so innovative." And yeah, then they just did right. the same thing against Tom Brady and they got roasted. And, and Brady put up like I think 28 or 35 in the first half or something yes, and they just yes. it was shredded. it was asinine. The Chargers, I just want to spend a little bit of time roasting the Chargers. We got to give them we got to give them a little something because mm-hmm. they were obviously screaming for attention this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I went and I wanted to look just to kind of like, I've actually just started reading this book. I tweeted about this this week, but I just started reading this book called The Ten Gallon War. It's by John Eisenberg, and it's about the birth of the AFL. And it specifically is about the Texans, which obviously became the Chiefs, Lamar Hunt's team. Uh, and the Cowboys and kind of how they fought over Dallas and how eventually the Cowboys ousted us and forced us to move to Kansas city. I I don't know exactly how that transpires. We'll, we'll talk about that in a future podcast once Mm -hmm. I finish the book, (laughs) but the chargers were an original AFL team. So they started playing in 1960 and they were pretty good in the AFL. They actually won five division titles and a championship in the 10 seasons that they were in the AFL. But then in 1966, we started playing super bowls. 
and the Chargers <laughs> have never won one of those. They played in one Super Bowl. Do you remember their Super Bowl, Taylor? Yes, it was against the 49ers. Yes, it was in and they got roasted like <laughs> they, 56 to something. Or they lost 49, 49. to 26. Yeah, the 49ers yeah. scored 49 points nice. against the Poetic. Chargers. Steve Young got his ring. So, you know, everybody's thinking Joe Montana, he's gone, and Steve Young just comes in, and he's amazing. And Picks it right back up, yeah. Beats the absolute hell out of the Chargers. That was their only trip to the Super Bowl. So uh, there were 26 teams when the merger happened uh, between the NFL and the AFL. So those are kind of the original teams in the Super Bowl era. Can you guess how many of those 26 teams have not won a Super Bowl? Obviously, the Chargers have not. How many? Chargers have not. Teams? The Lions have not. That's the, correct. The um, – Let's see. Some of these are expansion teams that I'm thinking of. No, no. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta has not. Are but they an expansion team? They are. An they are. An expansion. That's right. That's right. Uh, the Jags are an expansion team. The Texans are an expansion team. The Browns have. The Browns. Have, the Browns I have an asterisk next to because yes. the Browns ceased to exist and then poofed back into existence. They have the weirdest team history. (laughs) It's just, it's bizarre. It's basically just so that the Baltimore Ravens can (laughs) not claim the 40 years of the Browns being terrible Uh, in their franchise history. They get to say, we've won two Super Bowls in 25 years, you know, instead of saying we've won two Super Bowls in like 55 years because we were the Browns. But when we moved to Baltimore, they made us leave all of the Browns history behind. Because <laughs> it was like, so bad. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Cleveland like bargained for that. They're like, no, 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 you can leave Cleveland, but we want to keep the 40 years of us losing football games and all of our records of futility. Man. We want to keep those under the Browns name. Oh, um, so when the, I believe I remember when the Vikings, the Vikings have lost the most Super Bowls at five. And I think they have not won one. That's correct. The okay. Vikings are one. Uh, the next team on Super Bowl losses is also right up there. Uh, the next team on number of Super Bowl losses? Yes. Oh, four. the Bills. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yes, the, Bills, the Bills, of course, went to four, lost all four right in a row. That's right the same. In a row. Four losses in a row. Um, am I missing any teams? There's an AFC mm-hmm. North team in there besides the Browns. You'll probably guess which run right away. Oh, the Bengals. Of yes, course, they the lost one in the nineties. Maybe two. They did. They've maybe been to. The they've been to at least one. Yes, I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah, but they've been to at least one. So one of them is a uh, a double, an old double team. Uh, they were in a city. They've moved. They've changed names, but they have never won a Super Bowl. Um, we played them in the playoffs. Oh, the, the we were talking about the Texans, right? We were talking about the Texans. They're an expansion team. It's not the Texans. It's the Titans slash oh, Oilers. Oilers, Titans. Yeah, yeah. They lost in the Kevin Dyson one yard away against the Rams in 2000. in a re- Or 99, I guess that was. In a really, really great Super Bowl. And I believe that's the only Super Bowl that Titans slash Texans have ever been to. I believe that's correct. The, the Titans Texans, slash Oilers, you mean. The Texans uh, are yes, technically yes, yes, an yes, expansion yes. team. Yes, Titans slash Oilers. I got my Houston screwed up there. Um, the Oilers also blew the 35 point lead to the bills in the playoffs. Yes, so they, they did. Have biggest, had biggest, playoff biggest playoff collapse in history. Yet. Yes. So they haven't had a very good run. Those old and technically, 
technically not the same franchise as the Houston Texans, but now the Texans have quite a large blown playoff lead on their resume as well. The city of Houston's playoff lead department is not, it's not great. Then they got a 30 to nothing loss to the chiefs in there. Yeah, it's bad. The last team on that list is the Cardinals, but it's a short list. I mean, we're talking about eight teams that out of that 26 that have been around since the Super Bowl first became a thing in 1966 and have never won a Super Bowl. Woof. And so the Chargers, of course, are the only team in the AFC West that has never won a Super Bowl. The Broncos and Raiders each have three. Technically, you got some asterisks on the Broncos and the Raiders haven't won one since 1984. Does that even count? <laughs> but they have three. The Chiefs each have two. The Chargers' playoff record is 12-18, and 18, which is just absolutely putrid. Now, ours even after a Super Bowl run, it's mm. 13 and 19. Yeah. It's also not very good. Yeah. It's basically comparable to the Chargers. But the important thing is we bunched those together. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. You know, we went whatever. We had like nine streak playoff losses. Is that what the streak was? Nine, nine uh, in a row, I think, that we yeah. lost in the playoffs. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. The important thing is we turned it around, and now we're on a three-game playoff winning streak. We are. So pretty soon that Chiefs. number is going to be looking real good. Mm-hmm. You got anything else you want to say about the Chargers before we leave them on the pile of football irrelevance where they belong? And <sighs> well, um, obviously it's always fun to make fun of their lack of fans and how they just never, nobody ever cares about the Chargers. And it's funny that that even includes opposing teams. Like just the chiefs should hate the chargers. We just kind of don't like, I mean, they're idiots. We don't, we don't necessarily enjoy them, but like, man, compared to the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chargers have been in the division just as long as they have, this is not like a, they're a new, you know, addition to the chiefs or whatever. We just, eh, eh, take them or leave them. Yeah. Eh, I agree. They just don't, they just don't, they don't do a lot for me. They don't have a lot of juice. It's going to be fun to see, uh, you know, what they, what they come up with this year, whatever. So moving on, we have a couple of mailbag questions that we're going to get to. We don't have a full mailbag section this week, but we did have a couple of our longtime loyal listeners, uh, special requests. Do you want to do our question from Zach first at the women's terms? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a fun one. So Zach tweets, you have to parallel the perfect barbecue plate to the perfect five players on the Chiefs, two entrees, three sides, who slash what are they and why do they go so well together? Well, Zach, we uh, we thought long and hard about it. Obviously, we love barbecue. We love the Chiefs. It's a good, it's a good, uh, very specific question you had. And I think the easiest one to start with. I'll let you lead off with what we chose for entree number one. Yeah, listen, we love making weird comparisons on the show. You mm-hmm. know, comparing players to objects or <laughs> objects to players or yeah. fictional fictional beasts to whatever. You know, like. We enjoy doing that. It's a fun thought exercise for us. We decided not to overcomplicate this. We weren't sure whether you were looking for specific barbecue dishes, but we ended up picking one because we've talked about it before. We're going to have to get them to sponsor the, the show. That'd be amazing. Q39, the Pitmaster brisket. It is a brisket sandwich. There's some provolone cheese on there. There's some onion straws on there, mm, which I prefer to onion rings. It just You get a nice, better distribution of flavor on a nice little bun there. It's mm-hmm. perfect. And obviously the perfect sandwich has to be the perfect quarterback, the perfect right. player. So that's Patrick Mahomes. We could get into some, you know, I don't know. We could make up some goofy details about how, you know, the onion straws, that's like his, 
his cool afro or whatever. I, I don't know. We could probably <laughs> make a pitmaster look like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we and should. that actually, we should do that next time yeah. I'm in town. We should we should sculpt one. We should do a little food art. And but instead of barbecue the, sauce, obviously, we would put ketchup on it. Of course. Well, of course. <laughs> and you know, did you ever, you remember that? sandwich from the well do you think they still have that there the oh Mahomes sandwich God, that was so good they that have should have to been have an honorable there. mention it's not a barbecue sandwich but the well in waldo made an amazing sandwich that had ketchup it had a steak on there yeah it was it, uh, it, there was macaroni and cheese it just it was it was insane i don't even remember what all was on it it is fried mac and cheese a grilled ribeye swiss cheese house-made jumbo tater tots Onion oh, yes, rings, the tot. sriracha ketchup. It was a monster, an absolute monster. And, uh, you know, we I've had it probably three or four times and didn't regret it once. Honorable mention of that, even though it's not a barbecue sandwich, because <laughs> right. that, that is literally the Pat Mahomes of sandwiches. So, Taylor, what, uh, what else have we got on the perfect barbecue plate? So, my favorite barbecue side is cheesy corn. I would eat it just by itself as much of it as I possibly could. And I think cheese and corn have. is I have, and I will continue to do so. It's great. And I thought that, so it's a great, great addition to the team. Um, it's very cheesy and corny. And that to me describes the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. <laughs> I hope he does not hear this and kill us, but uh, it's a compliment, you know, like he, his cheesiness is in his like, his leadership speeches are great and inspiring, but they're just a little kind of. TV they're also movie. hilarious. They're also hilarious. Like they're I, hilarious. And maybe, I, I watch them and I laugh. Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, he's also obviously an incredible player and a great addition to the team, and was a huge reason for the Chiefs' success this past year. Um, so, I mean, I'm giving him the highest compliment by comparing him with my favorite side dish, cheesy corn. But uh, Honey Badger, you're a little cheesy, buddy. Now you had a comparison for, <laughs> so this is just gross. I'm going to let you handle this. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I was thinking of another side. What sides do I like to eat? Uh, one side includes baked beans. Ugh. And when can't, I can't do them, can't do beans. Don't like them. Oh, I hate, I hate beans. Gotcha. Well, I don't, um, but I do kind of hate how, how they affect me sometimes. Uh, and you know, things, things zoom right by you, right through you. And uh, that type of speed passing is Tyree kill in a nutshell. So I've got Tyree kill as my baked beans for all of the passing that he, you know, passing through people that he does. So we gotta have a, we gotta have a, a side of sorts. I'm going to go with, well, listen, what do you need? What do you need with barbecue, Taylor? You need bread. Yeah, you, you need, need something to soak it up and, and put it on. And Is it really a side? Eh, no, but who is the white bread <laughs> on the barbecue plate? And it's obviously is the most white bread player on the Chiefs. In the history of time. In the history of time, and that is Harrison Butker. Listen, white bread, it may not be sexy, but it's an important part of your barbecue plate and the the kicker is an important part of the chief's team. And you know what? White bread is delicious. It complements barbecue deliciously. And Harrison Bucker, he is the white bread on that barbecue plate. That is the chiefs. He compliments the chiefs deliciously. That's exactly right. He certainly does. He kicks some delicious field goals. But kicker.com. Finally, for the last entree, we went with pulled pork. Uh, Pulled pork's great. You can, 
you know, it's kind of porky and fatty and uh, goes well with anything. You can put it on that white bread and uh, something that is kind of big and, and great is Chris Jones. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's about all the further we can take that. Uh, yeah. Comparison. You know, pull pork, Chris Jones. He's uh, he pulls people apart when he sacks them. And uh, yeah. And you got the, uh, you got the hog. That's another name for, he's kind of one of those hog mollies, right? You know, like the, the Dave Gettleman terms nice. for those big uh, defensive players up there. That was off the cuff. Yeah, you know, we just uh, we just crushed that, I think. So there's your perfect uh, barbecue plate, Zach, at the layman's terms. <laughs> appreciate One of our Zach. longtime listeners, we appreciate that question. We appreciate you, too, coming at us, even though there wasn't a mailbag this week. We, uh, we are happy to answer that. So we have another one from uh, loyal listener Andrew Whiteside at OU underscore SAS. How many first ballot Hall of Famers are currently playing quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes? Hmm. Well, uh, first, I was curious about – the rate of first ballot hall of famers, oh, how often they actually, the hall of fame committee actually selects someone on their you first ballot. You put a ballot. lot of work into this. I, ah, I wouldn't say a lot, but I did look at the list of hall of famers and out of, and I just decided to cut it off at anyone who stopped playing in 1980 or later because everyone earlier kind of, I don't really know how, what was happening in the world before 1980. So I don't really know, you know, if the, Hall of Fame was voting the same ways, blah, blah, blah. But I know sure. I know what I know. And uh, since 1980, there were 113 players selected in general to the Hall of Fame. And of them, 42% of them were first ballot Hall of Famers, which hmm. was a pretty high percentage. I would that say is, if it's just short of half high. of them were on the first ballot. But um, I think that the baseball – I mean, sorry, the football Hall of Fame, unlike the baseball Hall of Fame – I don't think they really care too much about who deserves the honor of a first ballot. I mean, I'm sure some of them do, but I think it's a much more um, higher pedestal to be a baseball first ballot hall of famer than it is football. So that being said, I think anyone right now that's playing that's worthy of the hall of fame has a pretty likely, I would say half or better shot of being a first ballot hall of famer, just kind of based on those criteria. Um, he said, and especially um, quarterbacks, we're talking and, about quarterback position and I mean, of the quarterbacks. That was going to be my next point. We are in sync. There are 13 quarterbacks selected since 1980 and 10 of them are first ballot hall of famers. Okay. So yeah, even though all players, it's a little shorter than half. If you're a quarterback and you're a hall of fame caliber quarterback, you're getting in and you're getting in probably on the first ballot. So, uh, do you have a number that you selected here? Like, do you, do you have your guys? I don't have a number. I just kind of have a list in my head and I kind of was going through the division, but it actually might be kind of interesting for me to just guess mm-hmm. like what, what my number is going to end up being. Yeah. yeah. How many because guys do you think are that, playing right now actually, other than Pat Mahomes that are first ballot Hall of Famers? We'll go through it obviously. And, mm-hmm. and obviously Pat is one, so we'll include him in the total, okay. even though yeah. you know, he's, he's a given. He's, he's a given. Make slam, it. Dunk. slam dunk. Slam dunk. going to be a zero they're, ballot Hall of Famer. They're going to retire the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm just going to put in a quick plug, by the way, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out my SI piece from this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to uh, fast forward to Pat Mahomes getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, I did a little math and I projected what Pat Mahomes' career totals are going to look like. And let me just say, you are going to want to <laughs> get your popcorn. It was a lot of fun. So definitely check that piece you out. You are going to... Love, love it. it. <laughs> so I'm going to say there are, you said there were only 13 since 1980. Yeah. Which was a little surprising. So I think there are probably, I'm going to guess six is okay. going to be my number. Pretty Just solid guess. Without, 
without going through and counting the guys, I yeah, got yeah. kind of like a rough idea in my head of how many. But I'm gonna I'm gonna guess six, which is obviously that would be a very high number. But I think we're it's a passing in, league. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a passing yeah. league, and there are a lot of really damn good quarterbacks in the league right now. Some of these obviously are gonna involve some projection, but let's just kind of go through the list. So I have in front of me a list of all of the active passing guards leaders, which is maybe a, a good way to kind of go through this. Sure. So obviously Drew Brees and Tom Brady are both getting lock, in lock, on the first lock. ballot. So we already have two kind of right off the bat that are going to make three it. with Pat. And That's three, three of Pat. your six. Three of my six. So the next two guys on the active passing leader list, one of them technically is no longer active. It's Eli <laughs> Manning. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Philip Rivers. So Eli is not currently playing. He doesn't count for the purposes of this exercise. Okay. So let's yeah. talk about the, the three through six guys on the list. That's Philip Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. which is surprising. Matt Ryan has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Would you he, guess that? Uh, yeah, just because he's had more pass happy teams, and I just feel like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're right though; it's close, and that's a testament. Yeah, to they're Matt only Ryan, five. Sure. They're only five thousand yards yeah. apart. But yeah, we were just talking about Rivers. We've talked about Roethlisberger, and then we've got Matt Ryan, who is by far the youngest of those three guys. Yeah, um, Matt Ryan is thirty-five. Obviously, Rivers, I believe, is 39, yeah. and I believe Big Ben is 38. So, and I think Rodgers is going to be, what, 37 this year? He's the um, next guy on the list. Yes, that is correct. So, Philip Rivers, yay or nay? What do you think? You know, he's interesting. He all he he has the the counting stats, or at least the, the years played and the passing yards. He throws a ton of interceptions. He's only been to one title game, one conference title game, and he lost it. Um, I don't really think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he might be a Hall of Famer, but he might be the rare guy who, if he had, if he does get in, he's not getting in on the first ballot. Like I could That's see, what I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I with think that. he is like, a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, but it's close. It's he close. hasn't really done much. I mean, he's just been there. He's kind of like football, a Matt Stafford. Yeah, a little bit, and we'll get to Matt Stafford here in just a minute too. Oh, but sure. yeah, so so we've got Philip Rivers. We're going to say no for him on a first. Yeah, I would agree with that. Famer. Ben Roethlisberger. So just behind Philip Rivers in terms of the stats, never a big league leader. He's a guy that I've huh. comped in the past to John Elway. Yeah. Uh, although he obviously he plays in a more prolific passing era, so his his raw numbers are going to look better because he plays in kind of a passer friendlier league, but mm-hmm. similar kind of guy who has not really ever led the league uh, in major passing statistics, but he does have two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. And another appearance. Isn't that he's been yeah, three, he lost to Peyton, and one, or no, he lost, he lost to, to Rogers. Didn't he? Rogers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Steelers Packers. Great, great Super Bowl. So two, two rings is obviously that's two rings and three conference championships. People, um, people love that. I mean, I think Ben's a, I think Ben's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I think, I think that's is, probably think a pretty safe bet there, uh, or not pretty safe, but I think it's a good bet. Um, I think he is too. He two rings is a rare rare company in general. Um, it's hard to win multiple Super Bowls. I kind of, you know, I think maybe the more interesting guy that we skipped because he retired is Eli. Yes. I think Eli is also a first ballot Hall of Famer. Really? And I do. And it's, it's strange. He was 118 and 118 as a starting quarterback, but he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. Yeah. And, and I just think that he played 15 years and he had the two rings and 
sure, he didn't do anything in the playoffs. He doesn't have a single playoff win outside of his two Super Bowls. But <laughs> I think that that's enough. I think that's the bar. But I it's don't know. so it's so interesting. I mean, Eli is such a, a test balloon kind of yes. case for the Hall of Fame. Like how you yes. feel about the Hall of Fame. I think it's really interesting. It's an interesting conversation. And I appreciate Andrew you kind of giving us the, this to mull over. I think the all of the pro sports hall of fames are, are kind of evolving. I mean, you and I are both were both big baseball guys. I mean, right. like that, that was, that was our obsession pre Patrick Mahomes was right. baseball. And, you know, you're seeing the, the shift in baseball is towards shorter, more efficient production. You know, yeah, guys are not, yeah, guys are not hanging around to get 3,000 hits. Certainly starting pitchers are not getting 300 wins anymore, mm-hmm. you know, but the the shorter peaks, I mean, guys like Pedro Martinez, who has just north of 200 career wins, but has, you know, hmm. three or four of the most dominant single seasons of all time. Yeah. That's kind of the way that the baseball hall is sort of shifting. And in football, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, especially with the quarterbacks, because like we've been talking about, I mean, we've got guys like Matthew Stafford is eight on this list in terms of active career passing yards. Yeah. He has 41,000 passing yards. He's going to pass pretty much everybody just because he, he's young. He started at a very young age. He, he plays all the time. He plays, uh, he throws a lot. He's almost mm-hmm. always near the league lead in pass attempts when he's, healthy and he started at a very young age. I mean, he was the number one pick. He came in, he started right away. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up with, you know, 80,000, 90,000 career passing yards. But does anybody think that Matt Stafford is a hall of famer? And that's going to be just kind of an interesting question for the hall to wrestle with. And I think guys like rivers and to a lesser extent, Eli and big Ben, it's going to be an interesting question to see kind of like what football hall of fame voters value. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that some of these guys on here, and especially as we get lower in the list, you know, they've still got a say in this as well. And it's easy for us to look at the career of Philip Rivers and Eli Manning, who are done, or for Rivers close to done, and look at the whole body of work and say, yeah, that guy's probably, or yeah, that guy's probably not a Hall of Famer. But like, I mean, honestly, if Stafford goes to two NFC championships and wins a ring and has 80, 90,000 passing yards by the time sure. he retires at age 40 or whatever, I mean, he could look, he could have a better career than Phil Rivers easily I mean, by, the, by the time he gets to that. It wouldn't that's take very much. <laughs> pretty much the John Elway model, right? Exactly. Like he's he's going to stick around for a long time. Yes. He's going to throw the ball a lot. Yep. And then and Kyle Shanahan way. is yep. going to come in yeah. at the end of his career. Right. And win him a Super Bowl ring. Right, right. And he's going to waltz on into the Hall of Fame. In in 10 years, Taylor, we'll be talking about Matt Stafford as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> and that's, someone that's will do a is. podcast and they'll be like, listen, Matt Stafford <laughs> was not good. <laughs> Number one overall pick, Matt Stafford. It's all coming together. God, yeah, you're right. It's horrifying. Yeah. So yep. we're we're gonna say yes on Eli. I'm actually I don't think well, Eli yeah, but he's not active, so it doesn't he's really. Not active. He's doesn't, not in our. Active. We're just talking about him because it's interesting. We've got Breeze Brady. I said yes Rivers. on River on Roethlisberger. Yes, I agree. And now we're at Ryan on that yes. list, and obviously Matt Ryan needs to do something in the postseason other than lose a big Super Bowl. I mean, that was he needs something else, big win. If he yeah, right now, no. I, 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 and I don't I think he gets there. No. I, don't I think, also say no. I think Matt Ryan's going to put up a lot of good passing numbers and 
probably maybe be in the conversation as a Hall of Famer, but certainly not a first ballot. I think he had his best chance. Yeah. Was 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl against yep. the Patriots. Yep. And I think that his window is closed. So I think he's a no. Next guy on the list is an obvious, obvious yes, yes for me, Aaron Rodgers, yep. the current most prolific, highest passer rating of all time. He's won a ring. He's obviously one of the most talented football players we've ever seen. So he's a yes. So we're up to Breeze, Brady, Big Ben, and Rodgers. So that's four so far. Then we've got Stafford, who I think we're both going to say is a no yeah, right now. But young enough that he could change his story. But right now, no, he's not he a first ballot Hall of Famer. The next several guys on the list are all going to be no's. Some of them actually have – well, I guess Alex Smith is still technically active. Yeah, he's active. Number nine is Joe Flacco. <laughs> Number 10 is Alex Smith. Who has Smith. a ring. He's not he a first have, ballot Hall of Famer, but, you he know. He does have a ring. He does have ring, a ring. Rings I get you just, in the conversation. They do, but Joe Flacco is – he's not ever going to be in the conversation. He Number 11 is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we can both agree is obviously he's a first incredible. Ballot. Obviously. Get the beard in there. Uh, I love this list, by the way. Uh, side note, it has their team next to them on mm-hmm. the list. So we have Drew Brees, two teams, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, obviously, Rivers, Manning, Big Ben, Ryan, Rodgers, Stafford, all those guys who played on one team. One team. Then you got Flacco, two, yeah. Alex Smith, three, Ryan Fitzpatrick, eight. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's Everybody it's loves amazing. him some Fitz. It's, it's he hilarious. might get in just because he's made so friends with so many people that everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah, Fitzpatrick, former well, everything. Plus, he's in his late thirties, but he's still got he's still got some time left, man. Like he's he's, he's still in he's his prime. Effective last year, although he's got two in front of him now. So the next several guys on the list: Andy Dalton, no. no. Russell Wilson, yes. Yeah, right? I would say we're, so. We're in agreement. He's yeah, yeah. On his current arc, he already has one ring in the bag and he's another loss, which means player. he's already been to two Super Bowls, which is a good you know he's yeah. he's gotten there. He's, he's done his postseason diligence and he's really good. Really, and good. he's one of the he's the second best quarterback in the league right now, and, and he's, he's only still thirty only in his early thirties. So he's thirty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or thirty-one. Uh, number fourteen he's is 31. Cam Cam Newton. So Cam's Cam, a no. Cam's a no, yeah. but he does have an MVP as a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Still a free agent. I mean. Would it terribly surprise you if he gets signed by the Patriots in training camp and <laughs> Bill Belichick, you know, maybe a year where a pack gets hurt or decides to take a sabbatical to like help starving children in Africa and Bill Belichick and 35 year old Cam Newton come out and win a ring. I mean, you know, the you know. problem with Cam or at least my problem with Cam is that so much of his early effectiveness was running the ball. And, yeah. and so much of that has been sapped from him lately that I just don't know if he has the longevity in him for that type of career run. I think that if Cam was in, like if this was Matt Ryan we were talking about that, you know, was kind of had been hurt or whatever, but he still played like Matt Ryan, I still could see it happening. But I just don't know if Cam's game translates to a late career resurgence. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, unless he goes to the Patriots. So <laughs> we'll just see what happens. So there. let's find the next guy that might be a yes, because there's a lot of no's. Oh, there's out. a lot of no's. Um, probably would be number 23, Dak Prescott. And I say him only because, I mean, he's the only guy between number 14 and number 23 on the list yeah. that would even have a remote chance I agree with that. of getting in. I, obviously, Dak. Up. Derek so Carr, real. Kirk Cousins, James Ryan Winston. Tannehill, yeah. Andrew Luck, who's already retired. Right. All right. Yeah. 
so Dak is probably a no, but he's still he's obviously he's got a lot. Of he's got a ninety-seven career passer rating, I mean, which he's is very the good. exact same as Tony Romo's ninety-seven career passer rating, ninety-seven point zero. It's higher than Tom Brady's ninety-six point zero career passer rating. Different eras, uh, but you know, di- yeah, Tom that's Brady's true. So but I mean, old, but... Dak has been pretty good. He's very good. He's very good. He obviously, he needs to win some playoff games and <laughs> we'll see kind of how that transpires now that he's gotten out of the yoke of uh, Jason Garrett and yeah, into the yoke he's got CD lamb and Mike Murray McCarthy Cooper and so, Zeke. And he's got some, he's got some good, uh, some good pieces there. So number 26 is interesting to me. We're skipping case Keenum and Jared Goff who sure. are both garbage. Sure. Number 26 is Carson Wentz who technically has a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Has a ring, but as a backup. He, yeah. he did not participate because he was injured, but he did get that team to the one seed, which ended yeah. up, you know, obviously home advantage is, is pretty important. And then mm-hmm. big dick Nick Foles, who is number 29th, he's actually behind Carson Wentz on the career passing yards list, huh. uh, obviously brought home the ring for them. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be a Hall of Famer, but it's kind of funny. I mean, like, you 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 don't give Carson Wentz in the Hall of Fame discussion. You don't give him any credit for winning that Super Bowl, right? No, yeah. no. Exactly. I mean, it's a it's tough because there's not a lot of precedent for that. Um, he is only 27, so as much as you said, only 27. That that I feel like that's, that's old for him. Like, you, did you expect old. him to be I, younger than that? I, I mean, I expected him to be. I, I guess I expected him to be like 26. But sure, I'm but, saying you know, that our, as far our quarterback as quarterback is 24. I'm so passing judgment. Like yeah, that's ancient. true. That's true. I'm passing judgment on a guy if if I think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I guess when I say only 27, I mean that he could play till he's 40. And, sure, of course. You know, if he if, doesn't get hurt all the time, right? Yeah, okay. Carson Wentz might not be able to play till he's forty, <laughs> but a lot of these guys, if they stay healthy, can. And it's just, um, I, you know, a lot of stuff's got to break their way. I'm not sure if we would have looked at a 27 year old Drew Brees and thought he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, or, you know, I mean, and that he's more of the exception to the rule because he got so good late in his career. But right. um, there's just sometimes some guys bloom a little bit later and. Who knows? Who knows with Carson Wentz? I would say right now, just based on his his lack of being able to stay on the field and no accomplishments other than a one seed, that's that's a no for me. Is there anyone else on this list besides Pat that you would say right now, like if if Vegas gave you even money on it, yeah, you would say. I mean, I'd this say, guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Anybody I'd else say on this the list? two the two young guns would have the best shots of anyone else on the list. I mean, anyone that we haven't gone over yet, which is of course Deshaun Watson and Lamar. I mean, yes. I think those two are so dynamic, and that's the direction the league is clearly moving in. Is a multi. Um, ability quarterback that can run around and throw and as much crap as people like to give Lamar for being a running back playing quarterback or whatever. I mean, dude can throw, he can throw well enough that, um, you know, he uh, has got a decent shot. Now he kind of would have the cam type of like, I don't know if that's a hall of fame 15 year career type of style, right? That's more Deshaun Deshaun looks like a traditional quarterback, but can also run around like Lamar. Um, And so I think Deshaun would probably, my short answer there would be of anyone else on the list, I would take him. I agree. And I think in terms of, it's hard. Like I, I, 
I think thinking of it in terms of like Vegas odds is a good way maybe to look at it, right? Like if I had to mm-hmm. put money on like it. Like a free million dollar bet on one guy. Yeah. I, I think between those two, I would take Deshaun. Yeah. Because I think his game is a little bit more, like I, I have a little bit more faith in how that's going to play out. Agreed. And, you know, his ability to continue to play at a high level when he isn't quite as athletic as he is now. And then obviously then we, we have Pat. So, and Pat, you know, Vegas can give me whatever odds. I wish, (laughs) I wish that futures for like stuff 20 years from now existed. Yeah. Like it would be a long time to have that money locked up, but you'd win a house in in escrow, but you'd win a lot of money. However much money you could possibly put on it. You'd win that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat is the most hilarious lock. Um, You know, I ran into the other day, just as kind of a Pat aside, um, <laughs> another person on Twitter, people like to do this, comparing Pat to RG3. And oh his, his comparison with RG3, this idiot, was trying to say that you just never know because we thought with RG3. You just never know. But yeah. I just wanted to point out to him and therefore our listeners, Pat now has 10 more pass attempts than RG3 did in his <laughs> career. So he is now surpassed rg3's entire career sample size wise um and and i just want to i i just think this is fun uh passing yards since they're so close in attempts pat has 10,886 passing yards to rg3's 9,300 so he has about 1,500 more passing yards and then touchdowns total touchdowns in in the same number of pass attempts pat had 89 passing touchdowns to rg3's 45 but then you say, well, RG3 made most of his hay running the ball. His rushing touchdown numbers are going to balance that out. Yes, 10 well. rushing touchdowns for RG3 to 7 for Pat. So, like, <laughs> 96 to 55 total. Interceptions, Pat has nine fewer interceptions than RG3, 20 to uh, 29. I mean, and come on. quarterback rating is 20 points higher for Pat, 108.6, highest of all time, to 87.3. These two are nothing like each other. No, they're not. Nothing. It's, uh, it's insane to me that – anyone is still playing that game with Pat Mahomes. I actually, I was arguing with some Broncos fans the other day because I, I posted some facts about Terrell Davis that made them very uncomfortable and upset. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lay that down for the podcast just really quick. We'll do, we'll do a really fast mini roast of Terrell okay. Davis here in a Love second. Uh, but, but they were saying, you know, I mean, you just don't, you just don't know. I mean, the, the thing is if Pat, plays even if he plays at his 2019 level and he plays 10 more years he's a lock he's a first ballot hall of famer he's already won an mvp he's already won a super bowl and there is no one in the history of the nfl that has accomplished what he has accomplished in terms of single season accomplishments i mean Mm -hmm. the mvp the 50 touchdown season the 5,000 yard season those two together being a super bowl mvp at the age that he was super bowl mvp there's nobody in nfl history that has ever had that start to a career that hasn't gone on to be in the hall of fame, even Dan Marino, who really dropped off pretty significantly after his amazing sophomore year, where he threw 48 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, which were both records by a country mile at the time that he did it. Even with him comparatively dropping off and him never winning a super bowl, he's regarded as one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, if Pat Mahomes just, you know, if he just, just averages, you know, 30 touchdowns and 4,500 yards a year, and he plays 10 more years, he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks of all time. Now, he's probably going to do 
much more even than that. I'm going to, again, plug my SI article. Go check that out if you want to want a glimpse at what some of those numbers could look like and how they stack up. But, yeah, I mean, he's a lock. So to recap the list here, we've got mm-hmm. Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, mm-hmm. Rogers. Mm-hmm. How many is that? That's four. four? Yeah. yeah, that's four. Yeah, And then we had Russell. That's five. Russ is five. We possibly, have Pat, which is six. Yeah, right. And possibly Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun, we would seven. say between six and seven. Yeah. Well, good. That stacks up well with my six that we have. So there you yep. go, Andrew. That was a good prompt. It was fun discussing that. Yes. Fun to step out of our Chiefs realm a little bit and sort of, you know, lord over the rest of the NFL. <laughs> and, you know, oh, well, there's a few other Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but none of them are as good as our quarterback. Okay, real quick. Let me just shoot down Terrell Davis really fast Please because do. he actually sucks. I, I've actually had people respond to the Elway roast and tell me that Elway is only in the Hall of Fame because of Terrell Davis. Wrong. Terrell both- Davis <laughs> and John Elway are both in the Hall of Fame because of Mike Shanahan, Yes, not because of one another. So Terrell Davis, people talk, talk to me about Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis basically played four years in the NFL, okay? Like he, he basically had four seasons. The rest of his seasons he had like under 300 yards – because he, he got hurt, right? They, they wore him down. So here's the thing about Terrell Davis, right? Terrell Davis was a sixth-round pick, and people talk about how transcendent Terrell Davis was. We'll talk about his postseason, but very briefly, Terrell Davis, he did lead the league in rushing in 1998 with 2,008 yards. He had 21 touchdowns that year. He did lead the league in touchdowns the year before in 97 with 15. Here's the thing about Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis played in Mike Shanahan's zone run system, which is extremely running back friendly. Mike Shanahan came into the league. He invented this whole zone blocking scheme. His son continues to run it to this day to great success. I honestly don't understand why everybody doesn't run what the Shanahan's do, other than the fact that the Shanahan's (laughs) are really smart. Right. And you have to be pretty smart to execute it, I guess, at a high level. But here's the deal. Okay, Terrell Davis was just a cog in Mike Shanahan's machine. Okay, he was a sixth-round pick. He wasn't a big deal. If you look at his totals, yes, Broncos fans will say, well, he had so many more yards than these other guys that ran for Mike Shanahan. Yes, that is true. He also had so many more carries Mm -hmm. than every other running back that ran for Mike Shanahan. With the Broncos in Mike Shanahan's tenure, the three highest carry totals are Terrell Davis in 1998, 392. Terrell Davis in 1997, 369. Terrell Davis in 1996, 345. (laughs) And in fourth place, Mike Anderson in 2000 with 297 carries. That's 50 fewer carries. 50 fewer carries than Terrell Davis had in the lowest of his three big carry seasons. But if you look at efficiency, Taylor, let's talk about efficiency for a second. Okay. Sure. You want to talk about efficiency? Number one in terms of rushing efficiency yards per attempt, that would be Clinton Portis in 2002, 5.52 yards per attempt. He had 1,508 yards on 273 carries. It's a good season. Clinton Portis in 2003, 5.49. Tatum Bell. I remember Tatum Bell. In 2005, 5.32. And then in fourth place, we have our first Terrell Davis, 5.12. Right after him, Mike Anderson in 2000, 5.01 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So are the top eight. Where's no Sean Marino seasons, at? Uh, no Sean Marino was not. That was post Shanahan. That was post Shanahan. Uh, that was yeah. Gary Kubiak, was, who, yeah. who basically is Mike Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's a guy. He's a chip right off the old Shanahan block, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure if we wanted to look at, I'm sure if we wanted to pull Kubiak's and the whole Shanahan tree into this, we could embarrass Terrell oh. Davis Truvers even more. The point is, 
all of these running backs that ran for Mike Shanahan, all of whom, by the way, were, were relatively low picks. A lot of them were Mike Anderson. Clinton Portis was a second round pick. I mean, mm-hmm. he had some draft capital invested in him. Mm-hmm. He was a great player. But Mike Anderson, Ruben Drones, yeah. 2004, yep. you know, Tatum Bell, Mike Bell, o- Olandis Gary. Come on. <laughs> like these, these guys are not in the Hall of Fame, and they were producing at a similar efficiency rate to Terrell Davis. It's all a Shanahan thing. And just to reinforce my point, this is where I'm going to drop the mic and sign off. Let's look at Mike Shanahan real quick. We were just talking about RG3. It's funny how these things, these threads yeah. all sort of come together. <laughs> Alfred Morris, 2012. Alfred fucking Morris for Mike Shanahan. 4.81 yards per attempt, 1,613 yards on 335 attempts His rookie for the Washington year. Redskins. Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris. Mm-hmm. Alfred Morris was a star. He looked like a star in Mike Shanahan's scheme running with RG3. So listen, Terrell Davis shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. This only came up, by the way, because people are talking about Frank Gore. People are talking about Jamal Charles. Both of those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Neither of those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Frank Gore doesn't. Jamal doesn't. But they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame more than Terrell Davis does. Let's move on. Nailed it. Man. (laughs) <laughs> Terrell Davis probably felt that from wherever it is that he lives these days. He probably just felt a shudder, like a disturbance in the force. Uh, I hope that someone's he did. ripping me. <laughs> I hope that he did. So we're going to close it out, Taylor, with a draft, and we're going to go rapid fire here. So this <laughs> was inspired by a tweet from Chris Jones. Chris Jones tweeted today that he and Colin Saunders are the best two-on-two basketball players on the Chiefs, which is surprising to me, Taylor. Yeah, But that that is what he tweeted. Now, Colin Saunders, Pat Mahomes got in on this. He kind of was ribbing him a little bit. He, he quote tweeted it with the Ryan Reynolds facepalm gif. You know, Pat throwing <laughs> a little shade, throwing a little shade on there. Nice. Colin Saunders re- replied to this and said, I'm telling you, 53 guards on that team, which is hilarious. So <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the, the, the two big guys on the team are basically just casting shade on all the Tyreeks of the world. But what we're going to do, Taylor, is there's, uh, there's 10 picks in our drafts. There's five starters on a basketball team. We're just going to draft the basketball players from the current Chiefs. Now, we sure. have seen the yeah. Chiefs play basketball. We Live were at the Tyreek Hill charity basketball game in 2018 may of 2018 two years ago now and we did get to see some of these guys play basketball Mm -hmm. i believe i have the first overall pick (laughs) you do that's correct and with the first overall pick i will select tyreek hill i hate you pretty obvious choice he was the mvp of his own charity basketball tournament which let's face it that might have been a little bit rigged but (laughs) the man can't be guarded He's unbelievably fast, and he's a surprisingly good shooter, too. Yeah. Uh, he was jacking up threes. I, I, I mean, listen, the, the, uh, let's just say this. The basketball analytics were kind of in full force in this game. It was like all three-pointers and dunks. Yeah. You know, there were not a lot of mid-range jumpers in this game. Yeah, they moneyballed the hell out of that game. Yeah, Tyreek was jacking up threes. Surprisingly, surprisingly decent from behind the arc, but you just can't guard that guy. I mean, he's too fast. He's too quick. He's my number one overall pick. Nice. Who are you taking? Yeah, I mean, I would have taken Ty, obviously. I, I was super impressed with his game, and I thought that he zipped up and down the court I mean, just like you would on a basketball or being on a football field. So that's, that's a nice pick. I will take the player that had the most production that game, which is tight end Travis Kelsey. Mm, He was pretty much unstoppable. Um, They kept feeding the ball inside to him. You know, he's six, five, two sixty, So he's huge. 
And I mean, tight ends and basketball players, those always go hand in hand. That's ever since Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and all that. But um, Kelsey was really, really physically impressive and he had a nice mid range game. I mean, he was, he looked like he was very comfortable on the basketball court. Um, that was a pretty easy pick for me there. Yeah, for sure. And he, he really fits the mold. You know, he, he would, uh, he would definitely work now. He's a little bit short for an NBA player, but like that mold of athlete and especially relative to the, you know, the size of football players, he really, you know, he fits in that kind of athletic power forward. He, he would definitely be, he would, he would play in the modern NBA is what I'm saying. And then third overall, I'm going to take a guy that is very rare in any draft to see him go third overall or later (laughs) in anything, no matter what you're drafting. And of course that's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Patrick Mahomes himself. I, I think he needs no introductions. <laughs> um, what did you think of his game? Because he was obviously, he was sidelined. We just got to see him. We got to see him in shoot arounds. You know, he'd go out and shoot baskets, you know, when mm-hmm. the game was not being played. Mm-hmm. They obviously did not let him set foot on the basketball court at all because. You know, <laughs> Why would gotta, you? Yeah. Got to protect, got to protect that investment, but. And, and he might never set foot on a competitive basketball court for the rest of his life, or at least yeah, until probably he not. retires. But. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, he was a shooter. He was shooting. He was knocking down some practice threes and, um, it clearly his leadership would be on full display. He would run the point and get everybody in the right position and throw dimes to people and no look passes. And I mean, I, Pat, Pat would be off the chain with, as a basketball player, because he was going to be a professional baseball player. If he wasn't a professional football player, he is a professional human being. Yeah, I mean that's a great pick, uh, especially at three overall. You yeah. really can't. Uh, and we've pick. seen we've seen Pat play basketball before. We've seen clips of him from like high school dusting people. There was that hilarious clip of him <laughs> Eighth like going to the gym uh, wherever it was in Kansas City. He just like pulled up to a gym one time. I think before he became a starter, because mm-hmm. there's no way he could have done that. You know, after 2018, after his coming out party. But he just pulled up to like a Lifetime Fitness or something in Kansas City or in Texas, wherever it was, and just dusted people. And I think that was actually the the viral video that sort of led the Chiefs to like publicly say, look, Pat's not allowed to play basketball anymore. Right. And there was also the game winner as an eighth grader where he baseball te- pa- passed the ball from full court and made it in. But yes. he was... He was pissed. He said there were no three pointers because they were playing like church ball or whatever. And sure. so it was only worth two and they were down two. So it only, he thought he won the game and it only forced overtime. And then his team lost That's it in overtime. So great, great little story there for Pat. All right. You got two uh, in a row. Hit him. It's a great pick. I'm going to go with self-proclaimed best two V two basketball yeah. player on the team. <laughs> Chris Jones. Yeah, nice. I, I mean, he certainly would be – I got to have somebody to counter Travis Kelsey's size. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like Chris Jones for a big man, you know, he's definitely – you know, the days of the uh, the big stone pony in the paint are are done. They're over. Nice. We've left those behind with the last dance. You know, we, we got to have people who are athletic and can move in space. Uh-huh. But Chris Jones is an athlete, and he's also huge, and he's also very tall. And we've seen his ability to block shots on the football field. I think he would just be, he would be throwing a block party. Yeah. I just have put him under the rim, whatever you drive on the paint, whatever little man, we'll we'll swat that away. So he's going to be my pick at number four. And then at number five, I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll with a little bit of a wild card. I've not seen him play basketball, (laughs) but I'm going to go with the the lizard King himself. Sammy Watkins. (laughs) I think, I mean, I think Sammy, we learned last week that Sammy can like, he can like astrally project. 
he yeah. can take over players that that would be like some full-on space jam stuff right there right <laughs> like gonna he, be haunting other players he'd be, he'd be warping into michael jordan's body and yeah. stealing his talents you know so he, he'd be an obvious choice for me like at number five. <laughs> yeah well you know yeah that's how it goes uh nice all right so i've got two now i'm gonna go with the biggest member of the kansas city chiefs and that is of course six seven two eighty nine tano passanio Ooh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, he would be about the only person that I would feel comfortable matching up with Chris Jones down low. Just, you know, about the only guy that could body with him. And plus, Tano, without a shirt on, just looks impossible. <laughs> looks like a comic book superhero. Like, that dude is cut. And uh, so there, there's my size. And then now I'll go with my, my hands, my speed, my little guy. And I'm going to pick newest, one of the newest members of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, I haven't seen him play, but he's, he can move. He's got handles. He's, uh, he's 21. So he's going to be able to run up and down the court. You know, some of these old guys aren't really going to have it in them, but he's got energy for days. So uh, CEH there at seven overall. He has a disgusting spin move, and I feel like that's something that would translate to basketball. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, well. for sure. So that's a good pick. I like that pick. I'm going to go with, I, you know, call me, you know, wh- whatever, new school. I, mm. you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going with, uh, I'm, I'm going small. I'm going small ball. Oh, I'm going to take. You're Warriors me, aren't you? Yeah, I ain't gonna warriors you. I'm gonna take McColl hard. Bleaching <laughs> uh, the zoom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Tyreek and McColl on the oh, same no. court. And they're Sammy. gonna be and, and you Sammy. Three I, wide receivers and Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. It's gonna be oh, great. Jesus, I'm just gonna be running you up and down the court, man. Chris won't so, even be able to make it down on offense by the he time he gets he won't down need there. To. He'll yeah. just hang out under the basket. It's gonna be like uh, if you ever played NBA Jam slash yeah. NBA Hang Time. You know, you just hang be like time. whatever. Dikembe Mutombo and you know it's like one guy who's gonna just run down the court jack mm-hmm. up three and then you know the other guy just hangs out under Damn, the rim and you have like a draft strategy hang out and block shots well to be fair I did come up with this <laughs> segment and I did come up with it about 20 minutes before we started recording so um and then for my final one I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with another bigger guy and I'm gonna take him I've never seen him play basketball before I'm gonna take Frank Clark Dang. I feel like Frank Clark growing up on the streets of LA probably played an awful lot of street ball. And we know what kind of fire he brings to mm-hmm. any kind of competitive environment. I've never somebody. seen him play basketball, but I just feel like his attitude would be, uh, so I'm going with my, that, that completes my starting lineup. I got Tyreek. I got McColl. Probably those are my, my guards. Then I got Sammy playing kind of a guard forward hybrid, hybrid. Uh, a lizard and, King role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of my guys are hybrids cause they're, I'm going for speed, man. Speed, uh-huh. speed has everything, speed to do has it. everything to do with it. <laughs> and then I got Frank Clark and Chris Jones. So that's my starting five. That's uh it's pretty formidable. I've got my point guard at Pat. I know I have one more pick. I'm just solidifying my, my draft strategy here. I've got my big guys are, um obviously kelsey and k pass and then i've got ceh so i can really go with a middle-sized guy here and so i think at my three i'm gonna go with willie gay jr i'm gonna go with another young guy okay all right other you know linebackers are kind of yeah he's got kind of everything going for him he's very versatile um i feel like he could match up 
with one of your wide receivers if he absolutely has to, but then he can kind of dominate him on the other end. So um, I think Willie Gay is going to round out. So I picked two of our, our rookies. And so I think you're going with speed. I'm going with youth. I think that uh, basketball is a young man's game. <laughs> it is. And I think that before these guys were professional football players, these rookies have probably been playing basketball a lot more recently and frequently That's a good point. That's than a good the older point. guys. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I like that matchup a lot. I think that um, you've got guys that would just run down the court. I don't know what they could do once they get down to the, the, end of the court, but I know <laughs> they could I. get there. And uh, I've just got guys that would bang the hell out of them once they get there. Well, that was a fun draft, especially for something that we came up with uh, yeah. 20 minutes before we started recording. So I'm going to put that up on Twitter. We'll let the people vote. Oh, they didn't determine. vote on our last three drafts. They didn't. And you got to just probably, do all four of these. And... Yeah, gosh, I'm just going to have to put them all in a thread. We'll put them up. We'll mm-hmm. let you guys vote on them. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week. Congratulations in advance to whoever wins our trivia contest. Hopefully it was you. We'll see you all next time.